What about the communities of disciples environment that facilitates multiplication? Well, allow me the privilege of sharing with you four practical ideas that are undergirding everything that we do in order to facilitate this multiplication process. Hello and welcome again to another episode in our teaching series, which we titled A Band of Disciples, A Band of Disciples. And the entire goal of this series is to encourage and inspire uh, and equip us to be better disciples, to be better disciples for Jesus' sake. And we've been looking at three mini-series in this bigger series. We looked at the discipling calling, and we are now in the midst of uh, thinking about the discipling community, the discipling community. And the whole purpose uh, out of focusing on a community is because we attempted to highlight to you from the scripture and from education that communities matter. Communities matter. They, they reveal who we are. Uh, they transform who we are, and they they allow us to multiply our endeavors. So we, we, we try to put it this way, that communities of disciples transform and multiply disciples. Communities of disciples, like-minded disciples who want to make disciples, when they get together, they actually are transformed in the process as, as, as lovers of Jesus, as Jesus-like people, and they also multiply disciples and disciples in, in the process. And uh, if you have been part of a Christian ministry, uh, you are fully aware of uh, the um, you know, general desire that we all have to multiply disciples. This comes directly uh, from the commission uh, of Jesus to his followers and by, uh, you know, for all of us really, to, to make disciples who would make disciples until the second coming of Jesus. And there are two separate, uh, I guess, two contrasting ways uh, that we attempt to multiply disciples in our Christian uh, environments and organizations. We have the complex way where we have structures and programs and systems and buildings uh, that are required to create um, you know, multiplication. So we, we focus so much on, on a, a, a really complex system uh, that is well-grounded uh, but very slow to multiply. There is others who uh, took offense uh, to that slow process and went to the other extreme and, and said, what can we do that is simple and quick to multiply 
disciples. So uh, it, it became more like, okay, if you um, uh, if, if if you have made a decision to follow Jesus and you've done those four uh, little lessons, uh, you can now go and multiply disciples. And 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 both of those uh, attitudes or both of those um, ways, in, in many occasions, they work and they work fine. The reality is we have a different questions that that question that we want to ask. We want to ask what type of people are being multiplied. So it's not how many people are we're multiplying, which is what the simple system, the quick and simple uh, focuses on. How many people are we multiplying? Much like what we used to say, how many people in your church? Now it's how many people are we multiplying? And the other group are, are saying, you know, how long is it taking to multiply? You know, so it's, uh, um, it's the many and, 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 uh, and the time it takes. So there is that tension and the contrast. I think uh, we want to focus on something different, the quality of the person that is being multiplied. Because if our focus is merely on passing on information, by all means, we can teach what we know, but we can only multiply who we are. And it requires a specific type of relationship, discipling relationship, where there is life on life for a prolonged period of, of time in the context of a community so that we can multiply Jesus-like people. Jesus-like people. And I know uh, in my own experience and, and um, my wife and I have endeavored to uh, you know, play that balance, not go complex, but not go so simple. We wanted something in the balance. And we began uh, in one of our church environments to invest significantly uh, in the hungry people. You know, um, I don't know about your environment, but it sounded to me that there is not many um, running uh, hungry for discipling environments in some, the, some of the churches that I've been part of. The great majority were kind people, uh, you know, involved in, in various activities. They love coming to church on a Sunday. Uh, they, they enjoy a, a nice sermon. They, they, you know, interact with each other over coffee uh, after the service. And, you know, they wave a kind go goodbye to, to, to see you again uh, for the show next Sunday. And those people were really eager. Uh, they were involved throughout the week in, in, in some connections or, or, or some religious activities, uh, but the idea of being developed uh, in a serious way, uh, it, it just didn't sell. Uh, so we decided to change um, you know, uh, our attitude and say, rather than, than try to pressure those who are not convinced, let's resource those who are willing. And uh, we invested in a group of people, my wife and I, one-on-one uh, -on -one with individuals, uh, in mentoring relationships, uh, helping people reflect on on what's going on in their life, learning some uh, practical 
practices such as hearing from God daily uh, and, 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 you know, uh, bouncing ideas about some of their wins and their struggles and praying together. I also began uh, small groups of leaders or discipling groups for the purpose of uh, trying to, uh, you know, teach a discipleship pattern that can become, uh, you know, multiplied over time. So those people that I'm helping would help others. And, 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 and the hope and the dream that would have so many groups, uh, you know, over uh, time. Um, it, we, we, we noticed that in, in our discussions with people in the church uh, that there were um, some rumors that discipleship is simply doing soaps, which is actually spending time with God daily and being mentored. It's like... Uh, that's become the misunderstanding around discipleship. However, on the other side, the groups, the teaching groups, the groups that we were that are primarily facilitating, uh, were not multiplying whatsoever. Uh, so uh, I was agonizing it over. I was actually willing to give up because. Uh, the, the, there was no multiplication. Uh, people weren't uh, invested enthusiastically in these groups. In fact, some of the groups that we had as as emerging disciple makers, they would they, they would connect for several months in a really enthusiastic way, but they they they, they weren't as engaged over time. And some uh, some incidents revealed to me that something wasn't working right. We weren't able over several years to multiply groups. We're trying to, uh, you know, steal from Paul to pay Peter. We're getting groups from here to there just to, to, to make, uh, you know, make do. But the reality, we weren't multiplying. And uh, this uh, provoked significant reflection uh, for several months. And I recall one of the conversations that I've had with my wife. I said there, I just don't understand. People are multiplying mentoring one-on-one but they're not multiplying groups. Like we're seeing so many people, even those people who are semi-passionate about Jesus, they 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 having a few um, people that they're mentoring, and and I'm noticing that that the weaknesses of a mentor can be passed on to others, or or some misconceived ideas can be passed on to the person that being mentored. So there were a little bit of reluctance on my part to see a huge multiplication of mentoring. Plus, even if we multiplied uh, people in mentoring relationship, that's one-on-one. That's, uh, you know, such extensive use of resources, uh, you know, in our church environment. So I asked, you know, why do you think this is not happening? Why aren't our groups multiplying? And in such a kind but forthright way, my wife said to me, listen, I think those teaching sessions that you're doing in groups, are really, really good. Yeah. She said, for those people like you who just love academic studies, <laughs> that was slap across the face in a nice way. She said, you know, I'm even reluctant to do those groups, to multiply those groups. It's all about digging, you know, nine scriptures per, per, per session. And, and you talk about each one and each, uh, each section had, you know, three different questions that we ask and we go around and philosophize over what this means and what the contrast between that and that and, and so on. And she said, it's so intimidating. And it finally hit me. 
that whilst I was so keen on facilitating environments for people to grow in their character, in their uh, way of living, in the way of being Jesus-like person, it was very cognitively heavy. It was very uh, study-oriented. And no wonder people didn't want to take the risk uh, of multiplying these groups. So we went back to the drawing board after, you know, I, I had my little tantrum and, uh, and, you know, upset with God. You know, how come this is not working? And woe is me. I'm doing my very best and nothing is happening. And I want to give up. You know, if it's not going to work with this special you know, talented and willing and, and, and you know, beautiful uh, people that I've been investing in in several years. What hope do I have of multiplication in the future? Uh, this is an ideal that is unachievable. And, uh, and, and then after all of that, I began to relook at literature to do with education, with how communities of practice work and how can we facilitate an environment of development, not just cognitively, but holistically. And we stumbled across a, um, a retreat, uh, um, you know, a, a training retreat with the originators of the community of disciple, uh, community or communities of practice. Uh, they social learning theorists. They are not Christians, but brilliant in their understanding of learnings within community settings. I enrolled uh, for a, a four-day retreat. They were in America face-to-face uh, -face with a small group of uh, participants. I was the only one overseas, uh, did it online, and they were incredible. And, um, and in the four days, we've learned a great deal. I had uh, 10 years before then, I had been exposed to the literature about, um, you know, communities of practice, but this was so revolutionary to actually hear them and interact interact with people and the last day or so I presented because every participant had to present a project and I presented what I called back then communities of disciples or communities which became communities of disciples and I shared my hope and 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 the ideas of how we can create practices that can enable people uh, to live that life and, and, and so forth and for those groups to multiply. And I recall um, one of the originators, one of uh, the, the, the facilitators said to me, and that sounds exciting even though I'm not a Christian. I feel like I want to attend your group. And, uh, and after uh, this experience, I brought the emerging disciples uh, that we've been working with and we sat around our dining table. I provided them a proposal. We, we thought about how we can establish these communities of disciples and communities of disciples. Uh, how many um, sessions do we have? Uh, what is the material? How we can reformulate the material so that it's not so cognitively heavy? How can we engage people's experiences? Because people learn from experiences. People learn from each other. And the amazing thing is after we discussed all of this, we amended a few things, uh, we decided to start a pilot program and, uh, and, uh, and we started and we learned from our experience, we amended thing and now, uh, you know, a couple of years, three years later, we are seeing a ridiculous amount of multiplication. And I'm telling you, it's something I hadn't seen in 20 years 
20 odd years of ministry. People who are just engaging with a group with, in simply just one year are beginning to invest with a co-facilitator in members in their relational networks and they multiplying that. People are feeling empowered. It's becoming simple enough to produce, uh, reproduce, but not so dumb that it makes no difference, that it's actually shaping the identity of the person. It's a new day. It moved from emerging disciple makers to community of disciples. We moved from just people that meet once every fortnight or once a month to, to talk about, uh, you know, cognitive things to do with the Bible to people who live life in such a way that they're encouraging each other to be transformed and also to multiply. And it reminded me, uh, to be honest, of uh, something I read about a band called Jars of Clay. They started in a college in 1993. They actually banded together to write a song for a class recording project. Fancy that. They were just doing a project. But then as they recorded the song and they relocated to Nashville and they got you know, uh, well-known. They produced 25-plus albums. They uh, sold 6 million copies and won three Grammy Awards. And in one of their songs, uh, it's called Two Hands. They have a, a little verse that says, and it feels like giving in. It feels like starting over. It feels like waking up and you know it's coming. It feels like a brand new day. Open your eyes and I can promise you that our experience uh, over the last three years of reformulating our discipling pathway, of re-engaging with this concept of communities of disciples have been profound. It's been a brand new day of multiplication over our ministry. So what about the communities of disciples environment that facilitates multiplication? Well, allow me the privilege of sharing with you four practical ideas that are undergirding everything that we do in order to facilitate this multiplication process. Number one, identity formation. Number two, training in the same context that we want to multiply. Number three, providing skill development. And number four, uh, creating an environment of support and a challenge. For a few minutes, I will journey through uh, those things and, and provide you some ideas of what we practically do uh, to facilitate multiplication in our communities of disciples. The first one is identity formation. We uh, create uh, an environment where we want people to say we are Jesus-like disciples. We, we don't start with what type of knowledge a discipler needs or what type of skills a discipler uh, is required to develop. We start by how do we help people see themselves differently? How do we build personhood? How do we help people say, you know what? I am what the Bible says about me, that I am a Jesus-like discipler. I emulate the life of Jesus, who is the greatest discipler 
forever. And we do this with three simple things. And you heard me mention that in uh, some of that in our uh, previous sessions. The first thing is by repeating uh, to the members of the community a common purpose. We say we want to be vulnerable enough to grow. We want to be simple enough to multiply. We say that all the time. That unifies us. A common purpose, a common cause unifies us and helps people say, okay, if we're going to be, uh, you know, uh, better disciples and multiplying disciplers, well, that makes me see myself as a disciple and discipler, uh, it begins to see the, the purpose uh, then becomes manifested in a way we see ourselves. And then as people reflect together, share ideas together, share experiences together, as they embark on similar spiritual practices, they become mirrors for one another and they provide trajectories for one another. Mirrors where the way I live, the way this person lives and this other member lives, the way this member prays, the way these members deal with conflict, the way this member is interacting with their unchurched friend, uh, friends, the, the way this person is dealing with tension at home. As we see how everybody embodying the life of Jesus, living it out in practical ways, we almost see Jesus' likeness in flesh and blood. Just like Jesus was to us, uh, you know, the image of God in flesh and blood, we become an image because of the power of the Holy Spirit within us, an image of what Christ's likeness could possibly look like in a contemporary context. But not only that, as everybody reflects and shares their goals, shares their ambition, shares prophetic words and, and share their experiences, how they failed and how they navigating through the process of restoration as we, as we transparently share with one another, we are also providing trajectories of what we could become. I say, wow, I can be like that person who is so in love with Jesus, who, who is so integrous in their work, uh, who are so devoted to their family members, who are so uh, connected with their church family or the group of believers. We become mirrors that, that, that show our potential and then show what we could look like if this potential was lived out. So we, we show a little, uh, you know, trajectory of our future, what we could become. Collectively, we are the body of Christ and we're revealing what that looks like to one another. This happens uh, through our interactions, our reflections, and our shared stories. You see, we are narrative people. We, we share, uh, you know, stories that actually makes us realize who we are. The stories that you share are like the edits of your life because we can't share our 24-7 stories, can we? <laughs> so we choose what we share with people. And the stories that we share become our edited personhood become who we see ourselves to be we narr we narrate our personality we narrate our values we narrate our ambition we we form ourselves by the story we share and in that environment 
We allow for Jesus-like stories and the overall narrative of our life to be part of the drama of create God creating and restoring the image of God in us so that we're more like Jesus. So the, the, the community, uh, through, through sharing stories, uh, through reflecting what it's like to be like Jesus, through our common purpose and goals, we begin to believe what the Bible says about us, that we are Jesus-like disciples and disciples. The second thing that helps with multiplication in a community of disciples is that we provide a context that we multiply the same environments. So uh, if, if, for example, I was to give you a session, uh, just like this session, about how to multiply these discipling communities, you say, I get some ideas and it's inspiring, but if you go and try to implement it, you don't know what it looks like. You haven't been there. And often a time in our church environments, we share with people a vision in, in, a, in a Sunday service, or we provide them skills in seminars and workshops uh, of many people gathered together. And then we ask them to go and do that in a smaller group or one-on-one. -on -one. Well, you can't multiply easily uh, unless you have observed those practices in their context. We will go through what we call implementation dip and we will let go of those because we haven't experienced what it's like to do that. So we provide people a system that they can multiply that simple system because they've been part of it, they, they observed it, and they can then uh, implement exactly the same thing, obviously, in their own contextualized way. So the small groups, the community of disciples provide transferability. Yes, I can live that same way. I can facilitate in that same way. I can informally interact with people uh, behind the form, beyond the formality of the group in the same way my facilitator, my leader interacted with me. So there is transferability of the same context. Then there is simplicity of multiplying small. How many of us know that it's pretty hard to multiply a congregation of a, of, of a thousand or multiply, uh, start something new of 500 people or, or something new of 100 people, whatever, the, the, the bigger the environment, the more uh, leadership structures and leadership experiences and leadership talents are required. But if you're going to multiply four to six people, anybody can do it. It's small enough to multiply, but big enough to create that community environment that is transformative in nature. Then when people uh, interact in a community of disciples, they gain discipling skills by what they see. Tacit knowledge that they can't possibly write in a book or, or share in a video, but they, they know. It's like the body knows what to do. You know, we, 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 we know, but we can't explain it. It's like riding a bike. You just learn uh, by doing it. So you get this knowledge caught rather than just simply caught. The third thing is skill development. We develop our discipling skills gradually in our communities of disciples. We don't throw people in the deep end. Uh, also, we don't just tell them, you've got a year of observing the best practice, and then you go and do it. Well, they're not going to be able to do that. So we enable them to observe for about 
four sessions or so, three to four sessions, and then we give them opportunities to lead a small segment in the overall context of our community session. So we tell them, you know, you lead this little bit of reflection. You've seen it led three or four times. Now have a go at leading it. Then after a few weeks, someone else would lead a, a narrative. You know, every week someone either leading a narrative or leading a, a soap a sharing session or leading a reflective practice. So people lead slowly, slowly, uh, small segments. And then after they lead, we provide constructive feedback. So we go around and circle and say, what is one thing that that facilitator did really well that we want to praise them for and thank them for? And what we we, we, we do, we all learning what works by, by sharing what our feedback to that person. And over time, we provide something positive and something that can be improved. So immediate constructive feedback. The last thing that we do, we support and challenge one another. We provoke one another to go to the next level. We are not satisfied by saying, you know, you are good just for attending. No, you know, you're doing a great job because you're just thinking about discipling others. No, we pray together for the purposes that God has instructed us to pray for, multiplication of a Jesus-like uh, discipling movement. Uh, we believe in other people and their potential. Uh, we, we say, you know, I, I can see because of the power of the Holy Spirit in you and because of your, uh, you know, what you've done over the last few months and because of your eagerness to learn more. You know, I can see God is going to use you in this way. And, this. and we become uh, the, the, the people that speak life into our uh, co-members. And finally, we challenge people in love. If people aren't doing anything about their uh, you know, investment in others, we say, hey, what's stopping you? T tell me what's going on. Why aren't you investing in someone else? Why aren't you beginning to take people uh, alongside you in a journey of transformation? And these are the four things that we believe in our community of disciples are making a significant difference. And, and, and I want to share with you one a story from one of our members that has been with us maybe for just over a year. Uh, she was a, a godly person in a group in 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 a in a church, and she was living, uh, you know, to to do the right thing by God and others around her. Uh, uh, you know, a year or so ago, she engaged with a with a group of God lovers, and she became a member of a of a God group. And uh, and and guess what? Within several months, she began to invest in unchurched people in her university and she sent us um, you know this particular message she says uh, you know this particular girl is from uni and she did not know God but during the COVID isolation she got super curious and messaged me because I was one of the only people she knew with faith after answering lots of questions and conversations, she has, she's given her life to God and it has been the most beautiful thing to see her develop. She loves God, so beautiful and encouraging. This person reached out to unchurched people and 
as we speak today, she's involved in three separate cods. And, and, I, and I've been told that recently she, she spent a, a time with a group of friends, just maybe a week or so ago. She spent time with a group of friends who are not uh, you know, passionate lovers of Jesus yet, but they knew that her life had changed. They asked her to come and, and help them to uh, you know, pray and worship and, and hear God's word. And they spent uh, five hours in God's word, worship and prayer. And she's multiplying everywhere. People, that person there in her group who was an unchurched person is already reaching to unchurched people in her networks so that she also can start another cod and help people to develop in Jesus. The, the new day has come and within a community of genuine Jesus loving people, we can see the great commission being fulfilled and that is my prayer for you. If you're watching, you're hungry for a move of Jesus like disciples and my prayer is that God would open the doors wide for you so that you can participate and make a significant difference for Jesus until he comes back. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time, be utterly blessed in Jesus.